Hello, Monetization Nation. I'm Nathan Gwilym, your host, and today I'm talking with Timmy Bauer. Timmy is the author and illustrator of many children's books, including Lucas, the Dinosaur Entrepreneur. He's also the founder of Dinosaur House, a company that makes children's books for entrepreneurs, and the podcast host of five podcasts, including The Purpose Driven Entrepreneur. In today's episode, we're going to discuss Timmy's career and why entrepreneurs should consider writing children's books. We're also going to talk about the following key takeaways. Number one, children's books can be a great way to penetrate the home of our clients. Number two, we can use content such as podcasts and books to network with our customers. And number three, as we find a way to connect our passions to a customer's needs, we can find powerful business ideas. I'm super excited to have Timmy on the show today. What's up, Nathan? It's so good to talk to you. All right. Can you start off by sharing with us something that you are super passionate about? Um, well, in case it's not super obvious, I'm pretty passionate about uh, kids' books. <laughs> very, so I guess professionally and also just in general, I'm very passionate about, uh, in the broader sense, story art. So I always knew since I was a little kid that I wanted to grow up and become a story artist. I just didn't know what form it was going to take. And I thought when I was a kid, I thought maybe I'd work in animation. And who knows, one day, uh, maybe, maybe I will work in animation, but it'll probably look like me building an animation team. But I thought that I was going to go work in an animation studio. Um, and it wasn't until I was 17 and I had a little brother who was four and I started writing a kid's book for him that I was like, oh, I really like this. And um, I was still too terrified to try to get it published, but that happened later. So my favorite children's book books were Dr. Seuss, I think. I love the Dr. Seuss books. What were your favorite children's books? Well, I was a huge Dr. Seuss fan. Um, the the book, my first book, Billy the Dragon, I wrote right after reading Yertle the Turtle to my little brother. I like read Yertle the Turtle and then was like, I think I could do something like this. And then I started writing Billy the Dragon with the same rhyme pattern as Yertle the Turtle, which I have since found out if anybody ever listens to this episode thinking like, oh, I want to be a kid's book author too, uh, ditch the idea of doing a book that rhymes. Uh, the the industry is tired of books that rhyme because everybody's trying to copy Dr. Seuss. Interesting. Yeah. Also a huge fan of uh, Calvin and Hobbes, which I don't know is ne nobody would necessarily call that a kid's book. But uh, I loved it as a kid on into being an adult. I love uh, animation that is oozing with creativity. And, and Calvin and Hobbes and Dr. Seuss both qualify for that. I, as I've had kids and my kids have watched animated television. You can see some of these animated shows that just ooze with, with creativity as well. Um, uh, there's one that was called the Backyardigans that I remember they used to watch. I just love the creativity of that show. Yeah. Yeah. People that grew up on Backyardigans are now like teenagers and that shows because on TikTok, there's a viral sound that people put videos to all the time. That's from the Backyardigans. Let's talk about your greatest success. What's the greatest home run that you've hit in your career so far? Yeah, it's a great question because there's been like several different, things that I want to say. I, I think just probably like biggest in terms of financial would be uh, creating my company, uh, Dinosaur House, and finding out that people will actually pay thousands of dollars to, become, to, to be turned into a kid's book author. I would love to be a kid's book author. That sounds so cool. <laughs> Let's talk about it, Nathan. <laughs> Let's go have an impromptu sales conversation. <laughs> so, so why would an entrepreneur want to be a children's book 
author because they're creating a, a a publication in a medium that is is not commonly read by their target audience that is the big thing that is like that's the big like misstatement of uh that that like almost all of my sales conversations nobody's coming i i I don't get inbound from people that are necessarily my icp i get inbound from people that have always wanted to become a kids book author but my my target uh customer is somebody that uh they are trying to build brand and they they have you know uh you know a target account list they're trying to penetrate uh and 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 that person i'm essentially saying like make the kids book for your industry because probably nobody else has and chances are the majority of your audience or customer base are adults that have children and grandchildren and your kids book will be constantly read if if dinosaur house does a good job and your kids book is hilarious to the kids of your customers then your customers are going to be forced to read a book that your company made every night (laughs) and that's way more um like you'll be top of you'll be very top of mind if your customers kids are asking your customer to read a book that your company made so one phrase that we use a lot is like it's the key to the home life of your customer everybody's trying to penetrate into the home life of their customers uh it's why you would have a podcast that would hopefully be your customer's favorite podcast to listen to because you're trying to penetrate time that's reserved for like driving or you know the laundry or that sort of thing and um this is this is a very precious block of time in your customer's life which is when they're reading to their kids if you're serving them really well in that time block you talk about like brand loyalty that's going to be very very strong so that's that's the main reason why an entrepreneur would want to consider doing a kids book the other the other big thing is it's like an amazing business card like anytime you're traveling if you're like at like events bring your copies of your kids book that you can get for dirt cheap and um and use those as a really high-end business card yeah i was just thinking in my mind through some of the best customers i've had over the years and would a children's book work for them and i think it does it fits all of them so like i had one client that i've done a lot of work for that's um that he creates airlines is it david nealman right um he did jet blue airlines i've done several pro- multiple projects for him and so he could do a, a children's book all about flying and the joy and the passion of traveling to visit people you love and to visit places you love and create memories and how i would encourage him to think is what is the kids book that his ideal customer would be overjoyed to read to their kids so it might not be on fly it depends on who his customer is maybe his customer is like they own uh airlines i i, I don't know i don't know what the what the or, or they're the the yeah, his customer are people that travel oh his customers are people that travel oh okay oh because he creates airlines yeah got it yeah so that would be that would he would want to make the kids book that is like about travel. All right. So another one I have is there's a there's a woman that does uh, diversity education for women. So she helps women of all races and colors and ethnicities to advance in their careers and, and helps corporations to be more eth- ethnically diverse, racially diverse. Um, so she could go in and do the children's book about diversity and the power of diversity and. Uh, I can see that. The, again, the more ninja thing to do might be because if she's selling to HR managers, she might want to do the kids book on what it's like to be an HR manager, because now she's made the kids book that her ICPs were are going to love 
connecting with their kids over. Like if we, you can make a book, a kid's book that's genuinely funny and hilarious that helps your customers talk with their kids about what they do for a living. It's a type of account penetration that like everybody is trying to hack. Interesting. That's a really good idea. All right. Let me give you one more. So uh, I have a client um, or I had a client that they do, they're, they're America's leading provider of these high-end pergolas and pavilions that you put in your backyard. They do a really good job of creating just gorgeous pergolas and pavilions for outdoors. Um, so, so then they would do a children's book about creating family memories outside and you know, it all came together around this pavilion and the birthday celebrations and the outdoor barbecues and everything where that was kind of the center of the memories. Is that right? Yes. Provided they have a target accounts list of people that would spend a lot of money on them. So if you're, if you're a customer is the masses, it can be more challenging because you're essentially making an, a product then you're making a product that's for the masses and it's hard i i mean i was able to make a living uh as a kids book author trying to market to the masses but it is very hard it's a lot of blood sweat and tears to do that but if they say for example have like a a tiered uh, list of, of of different uh types of customers that they would go after some that are willing or if there were resellers that would sell it for sell the yeah. pergolas and pavilions for them like let's say garden centers sold the pergolas and pavilions they could give those books away to garden center owners yeah yeah and then in that case i would say make the kids book that's about being a garden center owner it's ninja it requires a mental shift to go no i'm going to make the thing that makes uh that creates magical moments between my customers and their kids over what my customer does for a living interesting because everybody is looking for a way if, if anybody that's doing abm anybody that's doing account-based marketing where they have a target account list and they're trying to reach those people they're they they're all looking for like how can i get in with these accounts like like cold email doesn't work on those folks you know so how can i how what's my way in and i would say like kids books is not the best one to choose from. Like if you don't have a podcast where you're reaching your target accounts through the podcast, this is what I'm going to talk about with the tectonic shift. But second to that, if we're going to talk about thoughtful gift giving, it does it from an ABM perspective. It doesn't get better than doing something that's going to like really connect your, your ideal customers with their family. Can you share with me a monetization secret or strategy? The biggest monetization strategy that I've used to help Dinosaur House's business grow is called content-based networking, which I think is a tectonic shift. So I'll I'll talk about that more when you ask me about tectonic shifts. Um, for me personally, as a kids book author, um, it's and I haven't I, I have a clever name for it, I think, but I I haven't done anything to try to like coin it or anything. But I'll call it performance-led publishing, or just the idea that if you want to push books, you you've got to lead with a performance. Um, and then create like really strategic ways of uh, making sure that you get sales off of those performances. So it was a real struggle to figure out how to make a living off of book sales. And uh, I've, I've since found out that almost nobody can actually like make a living off of book sales. But I did it before I created Dinosaur House. And the way that I did it was I was just always on tour. And I would lead with like, hey, I'm going to come to your school and I'll just deliver this performance. And I'd show them examples. Um, and uh, all I need you to do is play this series of hype videos heading up to my visit. 
So I would, I would have the school and I'd have forcing functions in place to make sure that they did it. Like, for example, if, if it was getting close to the day of me visiting the school and uh, my assistant emails and is like, hey, just want to check in and make sure that every classroom that Timmy's visiting has has watched all of the hype videos. If, if it wasn't like a solid yes, they've all watched it, then my assistant would go, okay, no worries. That just means that he needs to reschedule. And then the school would go, no, 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 we're going to go around to the classrooms. <laughs> we're going to make sure every classroom plays Timmy's hype videos. <laughs> and so, um, so the kids would, the classrooms would watch the hype videos. And that was, that was how I made sure. Cause the, <laughs> I feel like I'm talking all over the place here, but essentially as a kid's book author to make money on book sales, the challenge is how can you take touring going from school to school to school where you're not talking to the person who's going to pull money out of their wallet and buy your book. You're talking to the person that the parents are going to do that for, but they're not in the room. So like, how do you get parents to pull money out of their wallet and give it to you when they're not even going to be there for your visit? And for me, the answer was to play this series of hype videos that would get all the kids going home and being like, oh my gosh, mom, this author is coming to our school. And, and I would prep the kids. I would give them like a rehearsed way of asking their parents for money. I'd be like, all right, if you want to buy a copy of my book that I'll sign and draw a picture. And when I get to your school, this is what you have to do. Just go to your parents and say, and I would have them repeat after me on video. I'd be like, okay, repeat after me, mom, dad, mom, dad, what chores can I do? What chores can I do to earn $15, to earn $15 to buy one of Timmy's books? <laughs> and then, I, and then I, I ended up that just that little hack of like forcing schools to play hype videos ahead of my visits as an author. I, I mean, I went from doing around a hundred dollars a school to doing 500 to $1,500 in, in sales per school. And I would do two schools a day. That's a great monetization strategy. So, so do a hype video, in advance, get them to pre-buy it so that you can sign it there. That's a great idea. Yeah. Now I would never, this is the crazy thing. I'm about to gear up to go touring again, which I haven't done in like two years. Um, and that's not the monetization strategy that I would go with. Um, we're going to see how this, this other uh, strategy that I'm going to try is, but essentially I'm going to do the exact same thing to push sales of the book, but I'm not going to try to make money off the sales of the book. The books themselves are going to, try to push people towards something bigger than that. So I, I'm thinking of doing a course on entrepreneurship for kids uh, to teach kids to monetize something. Um, and I'll just sell the course and the course will be like pure margin. And, and so what I'll be trying to do is push people to pick up copies of the book for dirt cheap. And then the book will push people to, uh, to uh, buy the course and we'll see how that goes. I know a lot of people are selling courses, but I don't think there's a great course on teaching kids entrepreneurship. It, the hard thing is you're pitching to kids, but then it's the parent that's going to have to buy the course. So you've got to figure out how to get it. That's the world of being a kid's book author. That like, that is the, that is the whole, like that is a challenge that I am well acquainted with. <laughs> it's all about having messaging that, really entices the kids with something that they would want that forces them to play to to share whatever my pitch to the parents is i've got to get the kids to share my pitch to the parents to the parents or the teachers one of those two entities is like a gatekeeper for like my sales pitch going to the parents and so i've got to entice one or both of them to share my sales pitch to the parents with something that they would want. 
But that is the world of being a kid's book author. You're essentially making a product that the interior of it, like what, like, like, like you're making a product where you're trying to please two people whose agendas are not aligned. Parents want a book that is going to inspire their kids to something that they want their kids inspired to. That's like, a that's my preferred way of saying like, they want to buy a book that's essentially going to help them parent their kids. Um, kids don't care about that at all. They are going to the bookshelf to grab the book that is the most entertaining to them. So if you don't make a book that's as entertaining as Captain Underpants, your book is going to lose to Captain Underpants every night. Okay, so let's talk about one of your books. Uh, in your children's book, Lucas, the Dinosaur Entrepreneur, you simplify the concept of monetizing. And in that book, you give, the, you give an example of a kid who likes to play outside, monetizing his time outside to walk other people's dogs. So he's doing something he loves, but can get paid money for it. Okay, so how do we apply that same principle in our businesses? Well, it's pretty, this is, I mean, I feel like this is pretty fundamental, like foundational stuff, which is like, what do you have the tolerance for or the love for, or that you're already doing that, that is going to be valuable to somebody else? And then like, who's the, who's the ideal customer for that? So uh, it's one simple way to do it. I mean, and if I end up building this course for kids, I'm going to walk the kids through this process, but it's like, make two lists, like make a list of everything you already do all the time uh, that you don't hate, make a list of the things that you absolutely love. And, and then, um, then you've got to think through, like, how could you do one of those things in such a way where it's going to serve a real need that exists in the market? So what Lucas figures out is that he enjoys playing outside and he already has to, because his mom makes him uh, play outside a certain amount every day. Um, and uh, there are people whose pets are not getting enough exercise. So he's like, got this, aha, uh -huh. oh, that's perfect. Okay. And then he pitches the idea to his neighbor and his neighbor agrees to pay $10 a week uh, to ha have her dog get exercised. Um, and kids, kids freak out when I tell them this, like, they're like, wait, is this real? This is a real job. And I was like, yes, this and a, a bunch of more things that nobody's talking about. <laughs> like, you know, uh, there's, there's so many ways that you can get paid. There's so many ways that a person can make money. Um, but I, I think, uh, there's so many different approaches that you can take for me personally. I know that I love creating story art. So figuring out ways where I can do that, uh, that is valuable. Like I just figuring out like, who is that valuable to? And, 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 um, and then, and then, and then how do I reach that person? So I figured out that the, the, the most niche version of my customer is like a B2B tech company owner. So they have, it's a, it's B2B. The deal sizes are huge. The target account list is small and they are just constantly looking for creative ways to, to, to serve that target account list. Um, and, and this is something that nobody's doing. So, uh, so it's very valuable to them and they have a lot of money. So uh, it, it hasn't been, it hasn't been too hard for me to get those companies. I mean, they, I have impromptu sales conversations with them and then I will, it's very easy for them to just make a snap decision on it because they've got the money to spend and they're ready to just throw stuff at the wall to try to get into their target accounts. Um, 
So, so they are the ideal customer of a service that's this really high end. You know nothing about being a kids book author. I, I, I and you don't have to. You just got to have Zoom calls with me, and then you're going to become this awesome kids book author for your target accounts. Well, I think what you basically answered was when I when I asked you about Lucas the dinosaur entrepreneur. The point was take something you love and figure out how to make money from it, right? And I think what you just told us here is you've done that with Dinosaur House. You you have taken something you love in this children's book writing and illustration, and you've figured out how to make a business of it by helping other businesses do that. So yeah, yeah. Like where are the practical applications of the thing that you love to do, and where are the practical applications of it that nobody is thinking of? Um, and that's really hard. Like I, 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 I don't know how to teach. I, I would love to figure out how to teach people to think outside the box. Because I think it comes fairly natural for me to just to just think of the practical applications of something that other people are not thinking of. And there's two parts to this advice. You've got to find something you love and then you've got to find a way to make the good money off of it. Right. And, and maybe even something you're good at, too. So it's it's like a Venn diagram. Right. With three circles. One of them is something you love. One of them is something you're good at. And one of them is something that can make good money. Right. And at the center where those three circles overlap, that's the ideal spot where you can where you can focus. And um, OK, so how do new entrepreneurs do this? How do they they know what what they like to do that will also be viable for business? Yeah, well, this might be the wrong answer, but. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of B2B because it feel as an entrepreneur, B2B feels, it feels easier. I could be wrong. Maybe it's not easier, but it feels easier to just go, all right, if it's B2, if I go B2B and I just ask myself, like, what are the companies that have a lot of money to spend? Um, all right. You know, and then it's like, well, what do they need? What, you know, what are the, like, what are their, what, what are needs that I, that I can serve with the, with these things that I love to do that I'm good at, um, that I could serve these people with. So I really got to get to know what their problems are and what they want and what they like, et cetera, what gets them excited. Um, and that you can, you can just ask them, uh, you can create a podcast called purpose driven entrepreneur and just start asking them what it is that they want, need, like have problems with, et cetera. Um, and then you can start matching up, uh, what it is that you are good at and love to do with those problems. And so that's one way to do it because it's like, well, they have money. You've already identified that they have money to spend. Um, I don't know that that's how I I don't think most entrepreneurs think that way. I think most entrepreneurs are looking for like a winning idea that is going to be uh, that is going to be perfect for the masses. And that's just not I I don't feel like I've been that kind of entrepreneur. Thank you so much, Timmy, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. To learn more about or connect with Timmy, you can connect with him on LinkedIn, uh, find his books on Amazon or check out his podcast. And there's links to each of those sites on the blog post for this episode on our website. You can also get a free ebook about passion marketing and learn how you can become a top priority of your ideal customers at passionmarketing.com. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode, and I wish you success leveraging children's books to grow your business. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.